The Koigig part. For me, it's difficult because if Chelsea aren't playing well or they need something to get someone to get them out of it, I don't think they have it. So I think they're in a difficult place. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Tom English is with us to give us a perspective um, from Scotland this morning. Tom, good morning to you. How are you? All right, sir. Yourself? Yeah, pretty good. Um, that was in, you know, there's there's a lot of hype and there's a lot of bluster about the Six Nations, but like it's fixtures like this that make it all actually true. All the cliches are cliches because in this instance, they turned <laughs> out to be true. Yeah, listen, certainly for the first 40 minutes and maybe the first 50, 55 minutes, it was a good a contest as you're going to get, you're going to see. I thought it was not high scoring, but high class from both teams. Um, I thought it was a magnificent, magnificent battle. So many good things happening. And I think in the end, Ireland's class and nous and leadership won the day. They had loads of that and Scotland didn't have nearly enough of them. Um, It feels like Scotland, defeats like this, they can take them one of two ways. Loads of different ways they can take them. But it does feel like Scotland are really building something meaningful and that they didn't lose that much by losing that game that actually Gregor Townsend spoke afterwards about how the gap is closing and it actually really felt like that it it did feel like Scotland could easily win this game there's a path for them to win this game there's a a, a chance butchered I think is it just at the end of the first half where if they'd scored that it would have been very very interesting to see what happens yeah but it's a case case of coulda woulda shoulda you know um and I take what Townsend is saying about the gap closing. I'm not sure I agree with it. Um, you know, seven, this was the eighth defeat in a row for Scotland against Ireland. The previous seven, the average winning margin for Ireland was 14 points. This was 15. Um, the average try count in those seven games before Sunday was three to one for Ireland. It was three to one again. So, yeah, in the uh, Scotland have got better. There's no question. Scotland have got better, but so have Ireland, and I think the gap remains. Um, the closer it got to kick off, the more I was puzzled as to how Scotland could win this game, unless Ireland were off it. And how many t- times have we seen Ireland being off it to an extent where they expose themselves to to defeat in the last twelve months? I mean, it, it's Ireland's ability to keep good teams scoreless for huge chunks of a match is incredible. They did it to New Zealand twice, the second and third tests in the summer. They did it to South Africa. They did it to Australia. They did it to France. And now they've done it to Scotland. Scotland scored their only points in the 17th minute. Didn't score anything after that. You know, I didn't think that that would happen. But Ireland's ability to, and also to withstand adversity, Players dropping like flies. They get stronger. You know, it's a testament to Ireland's squad depth. Gibson Park comes on off the pitch, on the, on the pitch, after 54 minutes. And within a minute, he's causing havoc. You know, it's, it's amazing. This Ireland squad is something special. It was um, obviously a weekend of Ireland-Scotland fixtures and Ireland put up a record number against the under-20s. Um, is this? Is there anything that we should be worried about from a Scotland perspective where they're shipping 80 points 
in an under twenties game against Ireland? No, not not coming through. Um, you look at both. You look at both countries, and this is as good as it gets for Scotland. And I think it's, it's, this is a pretty good side, and I think they're getting better, and probably will get better again. But the, there's no cavalry on on the hillside, whereas for Ireland, I mean, the cavalry fills the hillside. Um, so Ireland just in the most spectacularly good place, the best place Irish rugby has ever been in in terms of the national team, no question. Um, and I think they'll go on and win the Grand Slam. So I think for Scotland, you know, it's it's dispiriting, even though they put a lot of good stuff into the game. And if they beat Italy with a bonus point next week, they'll almost certainly finish third, which will represent progress. But against Ireland, the gap the gap is still huge and we've got this World Cup game coming up and I'm not sure I'm not sure Scotland truly believe that they're good enough to beat this Irish team they, they've, they've conquered the hoodoo of winning in Wales <clears throat> excuse me under Gregor Townsend they've conquered winning in Twickenham after 38 years without doing it they've conquered Paris after 22 years without a win the big bogeyman is Ireland now. And I I don't think they're that much closer to turning over Ireland when Ireland are on song. And Ireland are always on song these days. There's very, very few chinks of light, even when you have a 35-year-old prop playing hooker <laughs> and you have an open-side flanker thrown into the line-out. Still, still, there's this steel... And this extraordinary winning machine just cranks it up another gear. Uh, Tom, there was a moment uh, that I noticed in the second half where, where Johnny Sexton kicks either a conversion or a penalty and turns around to the crowd and kind of gives it a little little smirk because he clearly was not getting maybe the silence and respect that kickers ordinarily get. We have a comment in this morning on the YouTube from, from Neil Smith. He says, lads, I don't know what you think, but the Scots were infuriating. The crowd jeering our kicks and mistakes, hog, etc., shoving players in the sideline, just childish stuff. What was it like at Murrayfield? Did you get that sense that there was a bit of shithousery from the no, Scots? No, I didn't. I didn't. I thought for like for the for the for the first half, I think everyone was so engrossed in it that they forgot to kind of shout and roar. I thought it was kind of quiet for for a lot of it. Um, and I don't know the Sexton. Like you know, let's be honest. Kickers don't mind. Sexton has been around forever. Yeah. Does he? Does it matter a damn to him if a crowd boos or stays silent? I don't think it does. I really don't think it does. I think he'd probably prefer the noise. Um, so it gets him going. You know, it fires him up. Uh, competitive juices and all that. Um, I think it's just a cut and thrust. There was a bit of needle between the players um, at various times a couple of late shots on both sides. But no, I I didn't get any sense that this was a really intimidating Murrayfield at uh, all. I think Hogg turned around and celebrated when the try got scored. But Jack Conan did exactly the same thing mm. when somebody got tackled into it. It's, it's you know, we, yeah. it's definitely a lot of green-tinted glasses going, oh, they're <laughs> very mean to us. They're like, yeah, they should be. It's a big game. Yeah, Let them out of yeah it's, it's, a, it's a big game. And if there's a bit, and there's a lot of, a lot of emotion, Involved in it. Um, so if someone turns around to somebody else um, and points the finger after the score, like, you know, let's not, let's not make a big deal of it. Well, I, I, I agree. I think that. And I think you're dead right, too. There's, there's a lot of um, nonsense about uh, the quiet for the kicker, which... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, like a snooker player. Well, the pub's being shushed. 
shut up. Come on. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, listen, <laughs> well, that's I, ridiculous. I, I, you know, I mean, Limerick, when I was on the on the Irish rugby beat, you know, you go to a Munster game and then you go into Miles Breen's bar in Limerick, a middle of Limerick, eight hours later, and the match would be, be played on the big screen at 11 o'clock at night. And and the, the whole pub will be calling for quiet for Rogers' penalty. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, a, that's a bit. I, I I acknowledge that there's a commitment to the bit there that I'm in favour of. And if, and if you had the temerity, temerity to talk while Rogers kicking eight hours after the match was over, you were in big trouble. In the it bar. sounds like you were chatting away there, Tom. <laughs> I was showing I was showing total disrespect. <laughs> Personal experience. <laughs> uh, look, we're 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 trying to get. Like we're getting, we're getting to that point now, where we're allowing ourselves to be carried away as supporters mm. of a thing that's a really beautiful thing that's unfolding before ourselves, and that's the whole point. I keep making the point on the show. The whole point about sport is you're supposed to love it. Like you're supposed to love it. We have a, we have a team that is fully deserving of all the love that we have. Totally, they're an awesome team. Um, as I said, a winning machine. They've beaten all comers in the last twelve months. Um, We've only, for all the successes as a rugby nation, we've only ever won three Grand Slams. Um, and none of them in Dublin. So this is a massive, massive opportunity. I, admittedly, again, Andy Farrell said this post-match against a, a, an England team that's hurting big time. Um, but a hurting England, I still don't think they beat a switched-on Ireland. I actually don't even think they come all that close to beating a switched-on Ireland. And the professionalism, we talk about all the class and the nous and the leadership and the depth, but the professionalism in this Irish squad is off the scale as well. So the notion, you know, the country can go mad, great, why wouldn't we? Um, we know that the players and the management team are going to have their, their feet so much on the ground, they may as well be cemented um, in, Cart- in the grounds of Carton House this week. I think they're they're just ruthless, and I'd be I'd fall off my chair if they didn't close the deal on the weekend. You you, f- you feel like Tom? They're psychologically brilliant as well. Because there's even a moment in the second half when Fagerson, I think it was for Scotland, hits a comically bad forward pass, and the two teams yeah. go into two respective huddles. And I think Donald Lenehan mentioned on, on the commentary as well that the body language of the two huddles was drastically different, and and, and that was something yeah, that, yeah. that really stood out. Uh, yeah, I think I think after. You know, there was this leading up when midway, sorry, about 55 minutes in, uh, a number of things happened that were, Scotland changed their props and their their two props were really, really good. And I still think there was plenty of juice left in the tank, but the Townsend changed them. I think that was a mistake. And then the first scrum after that, with Healy playing hooker, Ireland won a penalty. Um, I think that was a big moment psychologically, I think that was a big moment because a couple of minutes later, um, James Lowe scored. And I think if that wasn't lights out for Scotland, psychologically, the fact that Ireland scored again very soon after, a couple of minutes after with Poland, and that's just after the hour mark. And at that point, you're looking at Scotland and I think the body language is we're a beaten team here. We don't believe we can get back into this. They tried. They tried their hearts out. But the message I was getting from them um, just looking at them was we can't beat this Ireland team. And that is obviously that was damaging on the day, but it has, has spin off effect for, for the World Cup. I think 
Ireland have got into Scotland's head over the last seven, eight matches now and have done untold psychological damage. Damage that most other teams in the world haven't done to Scotland. In fact, Scotland have done it to them by going on, you know, winning big matches. But this Ireland team is, is different gravy. Hopefully they can do it against South Africa for us and uh, we win the group and <laughs> avoid France. <laughs> Tom, that's where, when, when is the World Cup World Cup chat going to start, lads? I mean, I think, I think we started three years ago, yeah, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not lying. <laughs> Great to have you with us. Thanks a million. Cheers. Cheers, lads. All the best. Cheers, Tom. Uh, Tom English there uh, giving us the view uh, from Scotland this morning. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.